Last week we talked about the authority of life. The authority of life is the empowerment of life. We should live with empowerment. We should live with authority. We don't want to live a defeated life, defeated mentality, loser mentality. We shouldn't live with that. We should live with power and authority. And this week I'm going to talk about a similar topic, theme. I think the Spirit is guiding us into that theme. This year's theme is be a witness. To be a witness, you have to have power. Without being empowered, you cannot be a witness. That's why the Spirit is guiding us into that theme. To make us a witness, God gives us the message about the power and the authority. That's why Luke said in his book, Acts, but you will receive power. That's the first thing Jesus said. Even before you became a witness, you will receive the power first when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Living as a witness is living with power. As simple as that. When you live with power, then you are a witness. That's how the early Christians lived. They were bold. They lived with power and authority. But interesting thing is, that power and authority did not come from them because they didn't have anything. That's a very strange. They had authority and power, but they didn't have anything. No position in their society, no money, no powerful connection. They were in the marginalized minority. They were just a few small group of people. They had nothing whatsoever, and yet they had power and authority and confidence. With confidence, they lived their lives. How contrasting that is. We have everything, and yet we are so weak. We don't have power. But them, they didn't have anything, and yet they had power and authority. That's a secret. And these spiritual people, mystic people, they understood and they realized this kind of power in their lives. And this kind of power exists, is available. And it's these mystics, mystical people, spiritual people, they understood the truth of this power. The power that did not come from them, but the power that is given to them. They experience that kind of power. St. Paul said this, but he said to me, 
My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. The power is perfect in your weakness. That power does not come from you. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. Now I can live with confidence in spite of my weakness. I rather bold, I would boldly uh, brag about my weaknesses. Because that power does not come from me. The power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. Nothing in the world can defeat people like him. When I am weak, I am strong. Who can destroy this kind of person? They live with this kind of power and authority. You can be always confident in any circumstances when you have this kind of power. The power that comes from outside, not from you. The power that comes from you can only help you when you're strong. But when you are destroyed, that power is gone, disappears. When you're strong, you have power. But when you're weak, you have no power. That power disappears, evaporates. But Paul is saying, when I am weak, I am strong. Very different dynamics of power that they are talking about. The power that comes from God is always with you regardless of what condition you may be in, what circumstances you may be in. This kind of power will strengthen you because that power doesn't belong to you. That power belongs to somebody else that is God. St. Paul said, but we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power, not just any power, this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. When you have this kind of power, what kind of life you will live? And then Paul describes we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may be also made visible in our bodies. My friends, when you have this kind of power, your life will be very different. Your life will be very different. But that is available to you. This kind of power is available to you. 
And this kind of power will give you confidence in all kinds of circumstances. We have to have this kind of power. And where does it come from? It comes from longing. Waiting. Longing to have. When you have that longing in your heart for this kind of power, that power will be given to you. When you wait for this kind of power, it will be given to you. All the power you know is the power that you accumulated by the position in the society, by the money you have, authority you have in your job, whatever. That you, you try to accumulate that power, but there is another kind of power that you can receive by longing, by waiting. And that is the kind of power that you should have to live a good life. And God made it available to you. This is what Isaiah cried out. But those who wait for the Lord, longing for the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is the kind of power that I'm talking about. I hope that all of you live with this kind of power. You know, there are times when we feel tired. Yes. There are times when we feel really, really tired. Feel like giving up everything. There are times when our circumstances are unbearable. And there are times when we feel so small. That was what Israelites experienced in captivity. They were taken into captivity. They lost all their dreams. But you know what? The Israelites, they, when they were in captivity, they were not in prison. Don't misunderstand that. They lived better life than living in a uh, Judean country because they were more civilized. They had more money, more comfort, more food. They were very comfortable in captivity. So they didn't want to come back to their homeland. It's like immigrants living better life there. But you know what? They lost dreams. They lost vision. All they th could think about was comfort, luxury, safety, security. Other than that, they could not think of anything else. And Isaiah saw that in people. You are losing hope in God. You're just keeping the uh, status quo. You're just comfortable, but you don't do anything beyond that. They started becoming inward-looking. 
As long as I am comfortable, I don't care about what's going on in the world. I don't care about what other people are going through. As long as I'm comfortable. Very inward, selfish, small thinking. They started developing this kind of mentality in captivity. When, when the power is taken away from you, you become like that. When the real power is taken away from you, you lose everything. You lose hope. You lose dream. When Job, you know, there's a uh, Old Testament figure, Job, he lost everything. He lost his children, he lost his uh, the, the, the possessions and everything. He's, he lost, even lost his health. When he lost, I mean, he was innocent, he was righteous. But Satan was kind of tempting him. And then he lost everything and then he was really, he cursed his birthday and all that. And then friends came and tried to comfort him. You know, something, but they didn't really comfort him. You have to be careful, you know, comforting others. You may not comfort uh, them really in a real way. And they came to comfort him. But last hope Job had was, at least God knows my innocence. At least God knows that I am righteous. But friends came and kept telling him that, you must have done something wrong. When you went through so much hardships and difficulties, you must have done something wrong. They took away even the last hope that Job had. And Job lost now. He completely lost everything. Even the last hope he lost. That's when God came in. And this was what God said. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. This is God's answer to Job. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. I'll question you and you shall declare to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? This is what God was saying to Job who lost last hope. What is God doing? Why is he saying all these things? What God is doing is God was taking Job out of his own small world and then showed the world that he created. Majestic world that when I created all these things, were you there? Do you even understand? See the whole world. Don't become so small in your own captivity. In your own small world. God brought him out of that small world. When we have problems, we often cave in our own small world. We run away into our small world because we are scared. That small world, though, is filled with problems, self-pity, anger, disappointment, and fear. In that small world, you lose yourself. 
Israel, Israelites were the same. Instead of seeing the bigger world, they fell into their own small world of misery and captivity. Outside, they had everything. Everything. But inside, empty. This kind of existence is yucky. You have everything outside, but inside, empty. That's what colonization does to people. It makes us feel small. It prohibits us from having a big, Dream. As you become a victim of colonization, you become captivated in your own small world. It's not just the enemies that captivate us, but it's ourselves captivating ourselves in that small world. Racism is not just about discrimination you experience. Racism makes you feel small. You cannot see a bigger world. My friends, life without dreams is not life. We are created to live with dreams, bigger vision than your own comfort. God called us to live a big life, not small life. Life without dreams is like dead life. I told you this quote before. After hear hearing this quote, two members of KSM went to food bank and they started serving. A ship in harbor is safe, but that is not what ships are built for. What are you built for? What are you built for? Built for comfort and security? Built for fame and luxury? What are you built for? Early Christians lived as witnesses. The more persecutions they received, the more actively they proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ. They didn't cave in. They survived very, very difficult circumstances. They were strong. When you live just for your comfort and security, that means that you don't have power. You don't have empowerment. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. This wait is faith and hope. With faith and hope, you wait. When you wait with faith and hope, you'll receive the power to live. And that kind of power
is available. Last Wednesday, after the service in the morning, a bunch of us gathered together and had a bagel together. And these are 80-year-old uh, uh, men. <laughs> and then uh, we started talking about Korean War, uh, June 25th and Korean War. And then one uh, elder t uh, t told me, my mother brought five children from north all by herself. Where do you think that power came from? He told me. It came from faith. Her faith. And I'm thankful for her faith. And another, uh, the deacon, uh, right beside, you know, the faith of those Korean women is just admirable. That's how they survived were. That's how they survived Japanese colonization. They did not cave in to their own small world. They were strong. That is the power of faith. When you have faith, you don't give up. When your circumstances tell you to give up. When you have faith, you see future. Even when your present tells you that there is no future, when you have faith, you can sing in the rain. No matter what happens to me, if I have faith, I can, I can rise again. Because through the faith, I will have the power that does not come from me, given by God. Living with that kind of power is itself a witness. You don't have to go down the square with megaphone and tell people to believe. Whenever I go down to Dundas, that's my walk uh, uh, the, the track. And then this person loud voice, believe in Jesus, believe. You don't have to do that. I mean, if you want to do that, that's fine. <laughs> but when you overcome your personal hardships and weaknesses through the power given to you, you already became the witness of Jesus Christ. Look to God. Don't look to yourself. Wait for God. Don't be a prisoner in your own small world. God will do wonderful things through you. That is to become a witness. A lot of you are immigrants. Your parents came to this country not just to give you comfort and luxury, but for you to live a meaningful life. Suffering should make us a better person, not weaker person who caves into small world. A better person 
who becomes bigger, who thinks bigger, who fights for justice, who fights for the rights of others who don't have rights, to be the voice for those voiceless people. God called us. We are built for that. When you have that dream and vision, then that means you have power within you. The power you have is just like a vapor. It disappears very fast. But power God gives to you will make you very, very strong. 